The reign of life has begun. The tyranny of death is ended. This is the day the Lord hath made, a day far different from those made when the world was first created and which are measured by the passage of time. This is the beginning of a new creation. On this day, as the prophet says, God makes a new heaven and a new earth. Gregory of Nyssa. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Please be seated. The brothers of Joseph betrayed him. They delivered him up. They sold him as a slave. Joseph was bound and shackled. The scriptures tell us that the iron sank deep within his soul. He was imprisoned, and his sorrow filled his heart. But God delivered Joseph. He delivered him from his imprisonment. He delivered him from bondage, and he raised him up. And Joseph's brothers came to him, not knowing it was him, seeking refuge and help, for a great famine had come upon their land. And Joseph revealed himself to them. And in exchange for their having delivered him over to bondage and slavery, he offered them forgiveness. And he offered them life and life in abundance. He said to his brothers, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me. You and your children and your children's children, your flocks, your herds and all that you have. Joseph prefigures Christ, whom we handed over, delivered over to be bound, to be imprisoned for our sake. He was bound that we may be set free he was in prison that we may be released from prison. He confronted sin and death. And when we come to him, like Joseph, in exchange for having delivered him up, for having handed him over, for having bound him, he offers us forgiveness and eternal life. Joseph says to his brothers, Do not be fear, do not fear, for God has worked through all of this to bring good. He says to them, Come near to me, I pray you. I am your brother whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed 
or angry with yourselves. What is he, stoned? They delivered him as a slave. They bound him. They took him away. They then lied to their father, saying that he was dead. And in exchange for all of this, he offers them forgiveness and life, and life in abundance. Because he did did not see as the world would see. The world would offer an eye for an eye. The world would seek revenge. But not Joseph. He saw them with the eyes of the Lord. He forgave them. And he offered them life in exchange for what they had offered him. They betrayed him, and he accepted them. As we betrayed the Lord, so he accepts us, offering us life and in abundance. Joseph says to them, God sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph saw God's hand in all that befell him. God's hand. Can you see God's hand in the trials and tribulations of your life? In the sufferings? Can you see God working all things for good? Not always. We cannot always see it. But by his grace, he enables us to believe it. That no matter what befalls us, he is already at work to bring good. I believe that with all my heart. Ask God for the grace that you too may believe that. Do you believe that? Kathleen believes that. He's already at work to bring good. If we but love him, he will bring us life and bring it in abundance. And he will not judge us if we come humbly to him. He will forgive us and offer us life and offer it in abundance. In today's gospel proclamation, deja vu, and people are starting to catch on, In today's gospel, Jesus tells us that there will be a time when we will be sorrowful and we will weep. The Greek word that is used here means sorrow to the depths of one's being. But he tells us that our sorrow will be turned into joy. Like a woman who is in travail, 
She is in sorrow because her hour has come. But when she is delivered of the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a child is born into the world. So it is for us. We are in travail in the midst of our sin and brokenness, in the midst of this world, in the midst of our trials and tribulations, in the midst of illness, in the midst of the difficulties that befall us. But when we are delivered, then our sorrow turns into joy. And we bear forth life and salvation in Jesus Christ. Every opportunity that befalls us is an opportunity to bear Christ into the world. And we have two choices. We can either take upon us the trials and tribulations of this world and the sorrows of this world, and we can take upon us the difficulties and pain of this world and carry those which will lead to frustration and despair and will cloud our eyesight and we will become bitter and we will become spiritually blind and we will be unable to see as God will have us see. Or we can take upon us the grace of God. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And if we are cast down, he shall raise us up. And if we are broken, he shall made us whole, make us whole. And if we are sinful, he shall forgive us. And if we reject him, he will accept us. He will make all things good. And he will offer us a new creation in him. if we but trust him. We will never find true happiness in this world if we trust in anything but him. Because I've tried it. I've tried it over and over and over again. But until we allow God to be God until we allow the risen Lord to be risen in our lives, when we try to seek happiness in anything else, we will never know joy. It is only in joy himself that there is joy. It is only in life himself where we will find life. It is only in him that we will know that peace which passeth all understanding. So that no matter what befalls us, we will walk with him. And as he is risen from the dead, so he will be risen in our hearts and lives. And so Jesus said, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. If your joy 
is in your accomplishments. Your joy shall be taken from you. If your joy and identity is in what you do, your joy shall be taken from you. If your joy is in your sin or the desires of your flesh or in another, or if your joy comes from pornography or fornication or holding on to money as if it's yours and not God's, if your joy comes from tearing others down, if your joy comes from holding on to unforgiveness, your joy shall be taken from you and you will never be happy. But if you say, Come, risen Lord Jesus, come into my heart and rise within me, no one will take your joy from you. Even in the time of your death, you will know a joy which passeth all understanding. I've shared this before, but it's worth sharing again. I knew a man in one parish in which I served, and his name was Bill. Bill was like a teddy bear. He was a massive man, but, but didn't, wasn't threatening in his massiveness. He was like an overstuffed teddy bear. And Bill, uh, Bill loved the Lord. Now, it wasn't always this way. Bill often didn't walk with the Lord. Often he'd walk with the Lord for a time and then walk uh, away from the Lord and try to find happiness in other things. And time and time again, Bill would find that his joy was taken away and then he would return unto the Lord. By the way, on a little side note, when Bill served in the army, he received an autograph that he still had till the day he died from Elvis Presley. <laughs> hint after hint I gave Bill. Someday, Bill, when you go to be with the king, can I have the autograph of the king? <laughs> Somehow I didn't get through to him. But Bill needed a heart transplant, and he, he received one, and he lived uh, for about 10 years after that. And I used to tease Bill. I used to say to him, Bill, you got a big heart. Of course, it's not really yours, but you have a big heart. But when Bill received that heart, he realized in that moment that nothing else mattered but the Lord. You see, it was through his sufferings and through his weakness that he finally came to understand that he had to allow God to be God and to allow Jesus to be risen in his heart, and that the only happiness he would find in this world was in the risen Christ. And those ten years, he told me, were better than all the other years put together, because in, those in that time of his weakness, he came really to know the strength of Jesus. Bill, 
for about three days before he died, was hospitalized and did not speak a word. He was not conscious, though I, I and his family would speak to him as though he could hear us. And about one second before he went home to be with the Lord, having been anointed and having received absolution and having been blessed with the Eucharist and the Eucharist touched to his lips, Bill opened his eyes and he sat right up in bed and he stretched out his arms and he said, Jesus! And he died. Or should I say, his life continued. That's what awaits us because he is risen. Because he lives, we shall live. We have sold him into bondage. He was imprisoned for us, for our sins. He was nailed to a cross. But when we come to the risen Lord, he says to us, I am Jesus. I have come from the Father. Do not be dismayed at my presence. I pray you, come near to me. For I am your Lord and your brother, whom you sold as a slave. I was bound, and for your sake I died. But do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves because you sold me. For God sent me before you to deliver you and to preserve your life and to preserve it forevermore. Therefore, God has made me Lord of all. Come down to me and do not tarry. You shall dwell with me and I with you. You shall be near me, you, your children, and your children's children and all that you have. For I am risen, and I am your Lord. Amen. Alleluia. Today may not be the day that you die, but let it be the day that you reach out your hands and believe. Jesus. Amen.